All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today once again with my friend Kelly from Portland, Oregon. How you doing, Kelly? Oh, you know, I'm so good. How are you, Daniel? I'm so good. Thank you. <laughs> are we are, are we Midwest robots? <laughs> that Ironically, n- neither of us are in the Midwest, so we're just cha- channeling that. For all of our Midwestern listeners, that was for you. Uh, what is for you? A Bob Dylan podcast, of course. This is a Bob Dylan podcast. We talk about Bob Dylan. Oh, okay. We listen to Bob Dylan. And then we talk about Bob Dylan. And this episode is special because it's brought to you as part of a cel- birthday celebration for Brigitta. Oh. Happy birthday, Brigitta. Happy birthday. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what do you, what, what is it? Uh, oh, my God. What day is today? What's her name? Brigitta. Brigitta. What day is today? Brigitta's birthday. What a day for a birthday. Let's all have some cake. There you go. You're welcome. Wow, that's, that's wasn't it worth it? <laughs> it was worth the journey. <laughs> so this uh, episode is brought to you by the birthday celebrations of Brigida. Uh, if you want an episode from us, or if you want us to wish a happy birthday to your mom, send us uh, some money on Patreon for as low as a dollar. We'll do it for you. Hell yeah, no problem. You will also get you. a monotone full of enthusiasm. Is that two things? You can be monotone and full of enthusiasm. Futurama. Uh, happy birthday song from me to you. And just to kind of get a get a feel for what you can expect from our Patreon, this is a freebie, but we want to wish a birthday. Happy birthday to everyone in the Midwest right now. This is for you. Happy birthday, Midwest. <laughs> but this is not a Midwestern love podcast. No, no, no. This is a podcast about Bob Dylan. We listen to a random Bob Dylan song every week, and then we get together right here and talk about it. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the number that, quote, shows up naked all over the place, according to physicist Leon Letterman, due to its recurrence in physics and it being postulated as the key to the grand unified theory to understanding the universe. And this week, we listen to Farewell Angelina. The only number that matters is 1.618. The bells of the crown. Being stolen by bandits, I must follow the sound. The triangle tingles, the music plays slow. But farewell, Angelina, the night is on fire, and I must go. All right, Kelly, before we get talking about 1965's Farewell, Angelina, how did you feel about this song, Farewell, Angelina? I, I mean, I personally had to say farewell to an Angelina before in my life. I, I know. I, I wasn't going to bring oh. it up, but hey, yo. <laughs> uh, it's really good. It's, you know, it's a beautiful song. Um, it's repetitive because every, you know... Uh, the, musically, at least, it, it's really repetitive, but it doesn't sound like that. I mean, I think that's one of Bob Dylan's song, strong suits is that, you know, because the nature, the poetic nature of most of his lyrics, you kind of don't realize it's being so repetitive because you're, you're listening for the words, yeah. uh, which is a hard one for me to listen to words, as anyone who's listened to this podcast knows, <laughs> which is why I didn't really super key into the words until Joan Baez's version, mm. spoiler. Um, but it's it's cool. It, I think it's evocative. We can talk about what the song means in a yeah. little bit, I'm sure. But my final take is I liked it. I liked the guitar. I liked the thought the harmonica was well implemented, yes. tasteful, reserved. Good song. 
maybe great song. Wow. I don't know. Wow. It's good. So this will be up there. Wow. <laughs> well, that's exciting. After after last week uh, in Infidels, this is definitely a great change of Oh, God. Of yeah, this was a, a brilliant <laughs> solve for that. Holy shit. Amazing. Well, a little bit of context before we get into it. Uh, it's a pretty interesting song. And it's, uh, you know, it's an unreleased song. Nobody heard it from Bob until 1991 with the release of the Bootleg Series Volume 1 through 3. The song was more than likely written in 1964, late 64, at Joan Baez's house in Carmel, California, where he was staying. Uh, Clinton Halen, in, in his latest book, actually brings up a, a letter that Bob Dylan wrote to Tony Glover, his friend from Minnesota. And in the letter, he's referring to himself in third person, so be prepared for that, Kelly. Quote, I write by candlelight, hardly never during the day. Bob Dylan, he plays, make, he plays, makes bread, facing kind, fond people, menace in their bathtubs. They call him names and pay outrageously just to see what he looks like. Bob Dylan, he laughs. It's all a joke. See me in the sky. The sky is on fire. Hmm. He probably added some verses upon leaving because from November, he went and recorded uh, Bringing It All Back Home in January. There is a, a verse that we'll get to that's not part of um, Joan Baez's version. And more than likely, she didn't even know about it. He might have written that post leaving her house in California. Uh, the song itself was recorded in one ta- in one day on one take um, right on the first day of bringing it all back home. The 13th of January, 1965 studio, a Columbia studios in New York city. It was sandwiched between a bunch of songs that we've done already. Uh, we've done a lot of songs from this record. I didn't realize love minus zero, no limit uh, episode one Oh five outlaw blues, episode six subterranean homesick blues, episode 58 on the road again, episode 70, and last year, it's all oh, over no. now. Baby Blue, 127. I, I definitely don't remember whatever On the Road Again is. Are you sure we did that? We did. Episode 70. Go back and listen to it, Kelly. Oh, no. Uh, and then oh, there's a couple that we haven't done, like uh, Bob Dylan's 115th Dream, She Belongs to Me. And then there's some that just wouldn't make the record. At, we wouldn't see, a, see them for a long time. Uh, namely, I'll Keep It With Mine and a song called California. Uh, the song in the studio was called Alcatraz to the Fifth Power on the recording sheet. Uh, this is another one of his math songs, everything relating to um, just like love minus zero slash no limit, you know, over no limit. So we talked about the mathematical songs in his mind when we did that episode one Oh five. So go listen to that. If you want to talk more about that. Um, and then we're going to assume that Bob Dylan's on guitar, but it is not confirmed. It's not listed on the cutting edge specifically as Bob Dylan, but I'm sure it is Bob Dylan playing guitar. Yeah. That'd be really, really weird. It would be super weird, especially because it's so, he does the thing again that we talk about a lot where he's like emphasizing the words with his strumming and it would be weird Mm. to be singing it with someone else playing it. Very strange. Um, The whole cutting edge as, as we all know is all on um, disc or online. You can listen to the entire thing, but prior to that, prior to uh, the cutting edge coming out. We only heard a couple of songs from this day, uh, specifically I'll keep it with mine from 1985's biograph and farewell Angelina. These are the only like new songs from this day that came out over the intervening 30 years or so between the bootleg series, volume one through three coming out in 1991 and volume 12, the cutting edge coming out in, I believe 2011 or 12. Um, there were a couple of other takes from today that um that have come out the electric version of she belongs to me came out on the no direction home uh, bootleg series volume seven there was an acoustic outlaw blues on bob dylan's website and i don't even really need to mention this kelly because we all know this record but the song california was on the ncis soundtrack from 2009 (laughs) i mean we all know we all have the ncis soundtrack so right yeah god i can't believe that's been released it's wild uh joan baez loved this song not only enough to cover it which is no uh, rare occurrence for her, but to name her 1965 record, 
Farewell, Angelina. Not only that, but it also featured Bruce Langhorn on guitar, electric guitar, which was also Joan stepping out of just traditional folk into more electric music. Um, and Bruce played on uh, Bringing It All Back Home and also featured uh, Russ Savakis, who played bass on the record, who would play bass on Bob Dylan's next record, Highway 61 Revisited. Unlike Bob Dylan, who has never performed this song live, never recorded this song again, Joan Baez played this for decades. It's kind of de facto her song. Um, and this was the era of Bob Dylan sort of just giving Joan a couple songs, uh, including Love is a Four-Letter Word, which was written around the same time as this. I don't want to get into it here, but the song is based off of uh, a Scottish song called Farewell to Tharwady. Uh It's a song about leaving Scotland for Greenland to chase a whale, a la Moby Dick. Uh, it was written by uh, George Scrooby back in 1826. The uh, melody for it is uh, from The Wagoner's Lad. Joan was way, I think, more into this than Bob Dylan, although they were both influenced by it um, and, and probably indulged in it when they were listening to California in California. So that's probably where Bob Dylan got the melody, at least, stuck in his head. Uh, and they could have been listening to uh, Ewan McColl or A.L. Lloyd, who we have talked about before. He did some covers for uh, a lot of the old songs that we've talked about from Stagger Lee to Hard Times and stuff like that. So uh, A.L. Lloyd had a record with Ewan. Both of them had a record in 1956 called Thar She Blows that they could have listened to. Uh, McCall, McCall did, uh, McCall did a, um, a Sing It Again in 1960 for a record called The Singing Island. So that could have been something they listened to. And then they kept doing the song. So A.L. Lloyd put out a record called Leviathan, Ballads and Songs of the Whaling Trade, which is probably okay. a banger. Um, but that came out after the song. So again, uh, McCall also did it later in the 1970s. So this is a song that's, you know, pretty big in Scottish whaling circles. We're bound out for Greenland and ready to sail in hopes to find riches in hunting the wild. Adieu to me, comrades. And this song should also not be confused with the song Angelina which is another track from um, another unreleased track from 1981's Shot of Love Sessions and also is on the Bootleg Series Volume 1 through 3. So we will talk about Angelina at another time. Damn, two Angelinas. Two songs. Angelinas. Wow. So Kelly, let's let's talk yeah. about uh t- t- the two things sort of at the forefront of my mind, which is the music and and Joan Baez, like kind of like how Joan Baez played right. it. And how it sort of interacts with Bob Dylan's in theory. And again, I can't, we probably have no way of confirming this. Joan Baez probably never heard Bob Dylan, perf- like the the recorded version of this song. Uh, it was in the vaults until 1991. Uh, more than likely, obviously, she heard him probably playing it at the house. She obviously knew the melody and knew what was going on. Um, but she definitely has her own spin, which I think is really interesting. How do you square Joan Baez's uh, take? Because I really, sometimes I don't put her covers on here, but I really, really like the song. I like how she does it. And I also know that you learned to play the song. And so I would love to get your take on that. Okay. Well, I did not do any research on the actual musical differences, uh, but it looks like I'm just briefly looking at it because thank God for Dylan chords. That dude knows his shit. So that's the only reason why I know was able to learn how to play the guitar but like looking at uh jones version just briefly it looks like it is the same chord progression okay it's just in a slightly different key so um this song is written in c major but it's 
Bob Dylan puts a capo on the seventh fret, which takes it to G major, right? Because if we know our scales, if you just go, right? Like, so we got C, right? And then, uh, oh yeah, it's in drop C tuning, by the way, which means it's standard tuning. So instead of E, A, D, G, B, E, it's C, A, D, G, B, E. And the reason he did that is because it's in C major. So he wanted that, that beefy bass sound, mm. right? So when you, you notice the strum, because the first chord is a C major, but it's a G major because it's on the seventh fret, right? The capo is on the seventh fret. But uh, that bass note, because it's in drop C, is the same as the first note in the C major chord, or rather it's now a transposed to a G major chord, right? So same thing, just an octave higher, right? So now you get that doubling sound that, that an octave will give you. Anyway, so uh, it's the same chord pro progression in Jones' version, but it is uh, the capo is on the second fret, so that would be... C well she looks like hers might be in standard tuning too I can't tell if it is in standard tuning then that means it's the key of F sharp major right E F F sharp F sharp and then it would be whatever that is a C transposed up a step and a half would be D sharp major I don't fucking how do you know. do this math in your Clearly head how, over how my the head. hell what are you fucking talking <laughs> it's just, about <laughs> it's just scales Daniel there's only 12 notes there's only 12 notes. Never forget, there's only 12 it's too notes hard. in the fucking Western canon of music. It's too hard. There's only 12 notes. So, uh, just listening to it, though, without knowing any music thing, you can tell that Jones' version is different, right? It clearly yeah. sounds a little different. Uh, that's that's lended to the fact that there is a nice uh, bass line behind it. There, it's just a, it's got a fuller sound. Uh, the guitar playing's a little more restrained, and you can just... It it just has a different feeling to it overall. And then most things... And her voice. Her voice is... Yeah, it's beautiful. Like she's got really that ethereal beautiful. thing added on top of it. It just completely changes. And I, I was able to access it, the song, easier through hers because I was like, oh, that's so pretty yeah. uh, than, than Bob's version for some reason. Even though I, I liked his playing, and it's beautiful the way that it is, the way he does it too. It's just, it, it was nice to hear that. And I'm glad that you put it on there because it was it was a really cool yeah. uh, little musical difference there. Um, yeah. So Bob's version, back to Bob's version. Drop C tuning. Yeah. Capo on the seventh fret, which is not super fun to play uh, on an acoustic guitar because your hands, where do your hands go? Look, look at how high up it is. That's wild. <laughs> look at how high up it is. Um, all right. So it's only four chords, four and a half chords, I guess. Um, just C major. There's an F major seven, uh, F, E minor. There's also an A minor in there. I'm going to try to play it. Okay? Okay, we're gonna try. Uh, the strumming always trip me up every time. It's really, it's the same pattern over and over again, but for some reason I wanna, every time you do the, the F to the C, I wanna, I want to make it different. It's not different. Oh, A minor, ready? Back to C. C minor. See, I can't sing and play at the same time. Farewell, Angelina. The bells of the ground.
appreciate it. Mostly, yeah. Anyway, it's really fun. There's like no breaks, which is why it was like hard to do the strumming. Sure, sure. Angelina, the bells of the crown are being stolen by bandits. I must follow the sound. The triangle tingles. Trumpet plays slow. Farewell, Angelina. The sky is on fire, and I must go. <laughs> if I just play one chord, I can sing good. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so that that's because that's that C major shape, G major, transposed to G major. It's just that chord, right? But that get that drop C, get that that whole big bass sound. Oh yeah. It. So. Um, it's definitely another one that, like, if you're a beginner guitarist, is a good one to do. Just because that transition from the um, the F to the C shape, I still get tripped up on that. That's always the hardest part for some reason. Uh, even though it's really not hard, you're just moving like two fingers basically. But um, it's I would recommend learning this one because it's fun and because it's so repetitive. Once you get the strum down, which again is easy, like the strum is only it's like it, you want to go down because you want the big bass sound, right? So you just want uh, it's just. Down, 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 up, down, 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 up, down, 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 up, down. But for some reason, as the song goes on, I just want to be like, which is not how the song goes. No, and it does make it different. It makes it jauntier. It's like supposed to be yeah. a dirge. I mean, it's right. it's not supposed to be, but it sounds like it. You know. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, I would recommend trying to learn to play because it's not that hard. No, incredible. Well, uh, it's too hard for me. Because you just did a bunch of math that I will never understand. So. <laughs> well, no, there's no, there's no math. I was just trying to say, when you transpose something, right, the root, whatever the root thing is, it's going to go up by seven steps. So you just got to do mm. your scale. So if it's seven. If the bottom note Remember. is C and we need to get up to G, we got to go C sharp, D, D sharp, E, F, F sharp, G. There we go. It's G. It's G down there now. You lost me at seven. <laughs> there's no need for anger. There's no need for blame. There's nothing to prove, everything's still the same. Just a table standing empty by the edge of the sea means farewell, Angelina. The sky is trembling, and I must leave. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I didn't really give my initial thoughts up at the top, but I, I will say. I do love the song as well. I think that's obvious. Um, I think this is pretty universally beloved, uh, although not like a major song in any way. So I think it's a fun one for uh, novice Bob Dylan fans, you know, coming in like, oh, yeah, well, this song's pretty cool. If they're not devouring it the way that, I, you know, someone like me did. Um, but I've always loved it. I've always gravitated to it. Um, I think that it, it fits the idea of Sign on the Window, too. Like, I mean, this to me is like we'll get into it in a minute, but like a leaving song. And I, I really like as a vibe, I love the idea of. The, the things in life, all the machine guns, all the sh all the noise happening in the song are what you want to get away from. And to me, that's just, I think, a universal feeling of take the deafening, take the things holding you back, take all of that and go somewhere quiet. And I think that's kind of the idea of Sign on the Window, the song, hopefully the idea of the podcast. And I think this this song is definitely in the ethos of, of hopefully both of them. So that's my uh, my intro to how much I enjoy this song. But I do want to talk about the song itself i think we'll both agree that this was a pretty visual song um very cinematic yeah which is why i like 
is the narrator leaving because they want to go somewhere quiet or do they have to leave? Do they have to? They're being pursued. They're being pursued. They're being bombed. They're being uh, yeah. machine gunned. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that in a minute. Uh, as to as to the cinematicness at the core, I like this quote by Michael Gray. So he says, quote, Farewell Angelina seems to introduce surreal, surrealistic language with a bang in a new way for Dylan, whereas by the time of Blonde on Blonde, which is after this, uh, he had adjusted to that language almost out of recognition. In this sense, Farewell Angelina stands alone, where Blonde on Blonde works as a sort of contemporary technicolor surrealist movie farewell angelina seems like a black and white 1940s surrealist short especially the lyric as we knew it prior to 1991 and for me it's like i definitely um i love the sky like the sky on fire it's trembling falling folding changing color flooding over embarrassed erupting i find that to be incredible i love uh the spot where it's like just a table standing empty by the edge of the stream he sings but uh by the edge of the sea is what is in the lyrics uh, and you probably encountered that too. All of the lyrics are essentially wrong. Yeah, they're slightly different in some places. Obviously, the one verse is completely removed uh, in Joan's version. It was when I looked for the lyrics, it was like Joan Baez written by Bob Dylan. I was like, oh shit, this, this is like her song. And now, obviously, I understand why because his version wouldn't come out till way fucking later, and he wrote it for her. So, um, but yeah, the the changes. I, I feel like some of them are significant, but some of them are not, like not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you did the changes, um, if you want to go through, I was just gonna go through each verse and just note the changes. So yeah, sure. if we want to kind of roll through that and kind of talk about the change, if it's good or bad. So uh, verse one, what what was uh, changed? So the line where it says "and the trumpets play slow," or rather, he says "and the music plays slow," but the the lyrics are "and the trumpets play slow." The one that I think is more significant, just because of the um, kind of chorus, if you will, the repeating line in the song, the repeating phrase. Uh, he says the night is on fire for the first time instead of the sky is on fire, uh, which obviously is t- like no other instance as he changed it from the sky. So I think that that was um, weird that it should have been the way that the lyrics were written or like we're taking Joe Baez's version, quote unquote, as the as written version. And that's the only way I can parse them out. Right. So the ad- as written version, I feel like is better in that sense, because we should keep it consistent with the sky thing. Yeah. And this is on Bob Dylan's lyrics. It's on his website. It's in his lyrics book. So we did have the lyrics to the song before the song even came out. People, you know, knew that it was Bob's song. It was credited to Bob Dylan mm-hmm. on the Jones record. So it wasn't like people knew. They just didn't hear his. Um, so like, right. but yeah, he definitely accepts the sky instead of him singing The Night is on Fire, um, which I guess makes sense because if you're trying to keep it all sky, then that makes a lot of sense uh, instead of saying The Night, but he does. Which I don't know. I think it should be this guy just for consistency. I mean, I really, really love that the only thing repeated other than the music is just the farewell, Angelina. Every time he's leaving, he's saying it differently. And every time the sky is something different, except for in his sung version, he does say the sky is flooding twice. Twice. Uh, but the written version is not like that. Everyone is different. I think that's so cool. No true chorus, right? But like having that repeated phrase of farewell, Angelina, and then a new way of leaving. Very, very cool. So I think that you need the consistency of the sky to tether you through each one as well farewell angelina the sky is doing something new (laughs) and it drives me crazy and it must go differently uh verse two uh there's no need for anger are the written words he sings there's no use in talking there's no need for blame yeah and then uh just a table stand uh just a table stands is what he sings but the words are standing empty by the edge of the sea is what's written he sings stream right um means farewell but as he says but farewell angelina and then the sky is trembling is what's written the sky is trembling he sings the sky is changing colors which he will i think he swaps that right he swaps that somewhere else i think that yeah yeah because he does say that somewhere else too yeah and i i i won't agree i don't agree with the stream thing i think the c i mean just as i was saying before with the cinematic quality 
you know, just mm-hmm. a fucking table by the edge of the sea is just so much better than some random stream. Come on. A stream is boring. Yeah. The sea is vast and open and endless, right. you know? Come on. Yeah, harken back to whaling. Come on, man. The ocean is enormous. Like, it's a whaling the song. so tiny. He's trying to throw us off the scent. He's like, this is not a whale song, I promise. <laughs> All right, the next verse. Any changes there? No, that one's intact as far as I could tell. The only change I got, and it's not significant, but it is like a little bit. Um, it says, I'll see you in a while is written, but after a while. So instead of in, it's after. Same thing. Um, however, this is the only time that Joan Baez changes the song. She says that the sky is falling, not folding. Oh, he says folding. I guess I didn't, so the, I didn't notice that. Yeah. She's, she's saying falling. So that was the only change that Joan did to the written lyrics huh. you know, from BobDylan.com uh, and her version itself. Uh, although they said like they, there's a couple in there where it's like they and but and I don't really count those because, you know, whatever. Oh, sure. uh, verse verse four. Any changes uh, there? There's a couple of good ones here. Yeah, I think I mean, there's he said the words are see the cross eyed pirate sitting. I think he's saying sit yeah. instead. And the only other one I noticed is uh, the in the neighbors uh, they clap is what's written. But he sings in the corporals and neighbors, I think. I think he's saying corporals. I couldn't tell if he was saying corporals or cockerels and i was like cockerels no, i think it's sense. corporals yeah i mean especially it goes with like the war <laughs> yeah. sort of theme as well you know cor- so right, yeah cor- exactly. the corporals and neighbors they clap i mean i like that i think the corporal line is i'm i wish it was there uh, and then the other one here is that is trembling so switched with uh changing color so they swapped there uh mm-hmm. next line valentino type tangles why the makeup man's right. hands uh is what's written and it says he sings instead why the hero, hero heroes heroes clean, clean yeah, hands? heroes clean hands weird yeah which i think is better because what's the makeup man's i like the heroes clean hands because it's like we're commenting on, on war and all that kind of stuff right but like so i think that works better and then this is the skies flooding over the first time joan sings the sky's embarrassed Bob sings the sky's flooding over. The sky is embarrassed is b- way better than flooding over. And I'm sad that embarrassed yeah. was never there. Especially since he does it twice by accident. Yeah. Well, and even uh, musically, I didn't mention this, but like when after the last verse, which we're kind of coming up on, he, everything drops off. Did you notice that? Like he starts playing it different. Like the whole vibe of the song. Oh, yeah. The, the chord progression is slightly ch- different. At yeah. The end. And I, th- I was like. That's usually a time where Bob Dylan would stop playing and it would just become an outtake where we just never finish that final verse. And I'm so fucking happy that he kept going because I love the way that it sounds. It sounds so different than the rest of the song, which sounds pretty full. Like you're saying that bass, that note that he's hitting, he's it's almost like he's not doing it on the last verse because it's just it just feels way more sparse to me. I, again, I think he fucked up. I think he realized before that he he said the wrong words. And there is this element of like there's like a jitter there. Because it's very much a demo. Like, he mm. never meant for this to see anybody's, you know, ha- go on to any record or anything like that. Because I think he knew that he messed it up. And then he was like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm going to move on to another song. And I must go where it is dry. Machine guns are roaring. Puppets heave rock. At misunderstood visions and at the faces of clouds. And then the final, well, not the final version, but uh, the missing version from Joan. Joan Baez did not sing it. Bob Dylan did. It is also not part of his lyrics. I know. Which, what the hell? And I understand why. I don't know. I kind of like it. The camouflage parrot flutters from fear. When something he doesn't know about suddenly appears. What cannot be imitated by perfect must die. 
And then does he go to the skies or, up, or flooding over again and I must go where it's dry? Yep. Okay. Yeah, and I love the what cannot be imitated perfectly must die. I do like that line, but I don't know. Camouflage parrot, what the fuck? Well, I think that because this is, I, in my opinion, like this is clearly a commentary on like conformity, right? So he's saying that this, the camouflage parrot, this guy who just mimics shit, he heard something for the first time that was outside of what all he does is repeat stuff. And he was like, oh shit, now I'm in trouble because I know I have wrong think suddenly. Uh-oh. So that's what my interpretation is that's why i think it is funny just to hear the word parrot out of nowhere but uh that's that was my interpretation of it okay well that's good i i did not even think about things like that conformity that's that's a good one Uh, okay so let's get to that in one more minute let's finish our our differences with the final verse yes by bob dylan um so the machine guns are roaring and the puppets heave rocks that's in jones version bob's is at uh or no no, and, and then the next thing is uh, and fiends nail time bombs to the hands of the clocks is what Jonan sings. Bob says at misunderstood visions in the faces of clocks. Um, yeah. And then the, I think everything else is the same after that, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I think everything's yeah. the same. Yeah. And that like, and that's, so that's where we got our line from. That's why we chose this song was fiends nail time bombs, which I could not say right uh, during that last episode, but that does get, that's not even part of the song. Cause I was like, I don't even remember this line. Um, and it's so weird though too, because that that does change the meaning. Because in the in the written version, it is the guns, the people throwing rocks, and the fiends who are nailing, who are terrorizing the hands of time, essentially. But in volume one through three, it's only the guns and the rocks are being pointed at misunderstand visions and at the face of clocks. So it's, there's no fiends here. There's no bombs in the uh, um, in Bob Dylan's version. What that he sings. Um, so it's like what is the difference between the the hands of the clock and the face of the clock? Like is the face time itself and the hands of time or like the wheel of time, time going on. Is it the difference between like taking the wheel, breaking the wheel? I don't know because if you're trying to destroy the face of the clock, that's like destroying time itself. And the hands are just like stopping time, you know, slowing it down or like because it's a time bomb, right? So maybe we're just indicating at a certain moment, all hell will break loose like because they're taped to the hands or whatever so when it hits midnight or whatever you know it's oh. gonna explode see that's good too is that what Rancid were singing about back <laughs> yeah, I mean. it's just a ability that reason that we're so dead living and dying and the stories that are true sink into a collapse blowing with your crew black coat white shoes red hat Cadillac So we talked about the cinematic elements. All of the characters here, I think, is very much a great bridge between Bob Dylan of, of 1964, of another side of Bob Dylan, and to what we're going to get with the crazy surrealist poetry of, you know, of bringing it all back home and, and Highway 61 and stuff. But you've alluded to that you think that the song is more, what, like a parable about, like, conformity. Uh, Well, that verse. Okay, so I, I do think that this song is really cinematic, too, but it does that poetry thing where it's like, and it moves all over the place, but I think we start in like a feudal setting, and it might stay there, but we're just using modern language to describe what's happening in this like changing of the cards vibe. Yes, yes, but because we're talking about, I know we're doing like a playing card thing when we're talking about aces and queens and uh, the fifty-two, you know, like all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I I imagine that the narrator um, is hanging out with a lady, you know, doing whatever they were doing. And then suddenly in this feudal town, uh, there's an attack of some kind and there's a theft. The 
crown jewels are stolen, right? And I apologize. I don't know lots of history. I know almost zero history. So feudal is probably not even the right time. I don't know. Anyway, crown jewels are stolen, right? And uh, because that yeah. this whoever the ruling class is of this town needs to make an example out of the outgroup, which in this case are the the named gypsies in this, right? Uh, I think that our narrator is part of that outgroup, and so that he's like, "Fuck, everyone is gonna be hunting down my people now. I have to get out of here because shit is about to go really south really fast." So then the rest is just kind of like commentary on that concept of like blaming people, you know, taking out the, the whole the ills of a single actor, whether or not it was even a person of that minority, whatever they were on the entire group of people just to make a fucking statement, do some like crazy ethnic cleansing bullshit over one small uh, thing, right? Like we're, we're going to start going to war because the fucking crown jewels got stolen. So now we're going to just slaughter a bunch of people who don't deserve it because of this. And anybody who's thinking outside of that should also be punished. So let's fucking heave rocks at that fucking parrot guy. Cause he had an original thought for once. Sure. And just like, you know, I think sure. it's all that kind of thing. So it's just like, that's that's my, my take on it. But I think using the modern day imagery of like the machine guns and stuff and the and the bombs, obviously it wouldn't fit historically in the context of my little movie I'm making here. But um, I think it's just a, another poetic device to reinforce the same kind of concept. Well, some people liken it, I mean, which sounded kind of absurd, but like as you keep going on and you're, you're seeing all the war imagery and like there is a concreteness sort of, to what's going on. Uh, people made parallels to, like, Nazi Germany and stuff. I, 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 I quibbled because they were like, this is definitely about Nazi Germany. I'm like, no, it is definitely not about anything uh, because no song is definitely about anything. <laughs> but, I mean, what you're describing is essentially that. I mean, if it, you put it in modern times, then, I mean, that's there is definitely a, a Holocaust ethnic cleansing parallel to it, uh, which is something I never thought about, ever. And then when I saw it, I rejected it. Now that you're saying it, I'm like, yeah. It's there. Yeah. I think it's I there. I mean, the only reason why I, I peg it as like an older thing is just because of the, like the Queens and Kings. But again, he's just, I think he's just using that as, yeah, yeah. Just like all the, that kind of stuff. And then the pirates and all that. But, but yeah, I mean, I. And triangles. Yeah. 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 They are important triangles. But I certainly, when, when the machine guns, it's like, oh, if I frame it in a more modern warfare, like that would be the first thing because he specifically says, you know, the gypsies thing. So, but I like to think of it more of like a castle crusade type of thing. I love it. I, I mean, I think that it's really interesting because, yeah, I think – and the reason why I quibbled with it is because it can't just be about one thing. Because, I mean, for me, I, I take it as a leaving song, but it could still be a leaving song within that frame of existence, that frame of mind. You know, because, I mean, for me, it starts off – why I think it's a leaving song is, like, there is – like, the, the lines that he sings when he says, there's no – there's no need for anger or no use for talking. Um, there's no need for blame. There's nothing to prune. Everything is still the same. In my head, that's like the narrator is like he. I guess if I'm thinking about it as like a leaving song, a lot of leaving songs happen like that, where it's like it's not it's not you, it's me. Like or, or nothing's changed. Like I don't know how to even describe it, but I gotta go. Yeah. Um, but here we're sort of have all these external threats, and that makes me think about Angelina. Like who is she? Probably Joe Baez. Uh, but like, <laughs> who who is this girl? Does she see the threat? That's also a thing too. Like, does she see the same threats, or is it a metaphorical threat? Is it a threat inside of this person's head? You know, I've got to get out of here, um, either because of the relationship or because of the job, because of whatever. All of this stuff happening is just in my in my head, and I'm trying to get rid away from all these parrots and all the like physically. Just it's a parrot. It's just like barking <laughs> in my ear. I got to get out of here. Yeah. I mean, that that version is the most personal one. But for me, that's like uh, a, 
a woman the angelina is part of whatever the in-group of the town is right like whatever the predominant race or class or whatever it is and clearly she's lowered herself to be with someone that's part of the out group uh, and that's why it's like look nothing's gonna change clearly my people are still being fucking killed in the streets here yeah. i can't be here you might love me but it doesn't matter because i'm gonna die <laughs> this is so dramatic i love it it's like uh <laughs> kingsport town i mean this was the uh uh, we, 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 that was one of our seven curses extended universe songs mm. where it was the, um, the sheriff's daughter or whatever was like oh, right. on the heist with us. And we're like running from, we love you daughter, but like the sheriff's <laughs> chasing us. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard to talk about. Cause like, I really like that cinematically. And like, again, it's all about the visuals and all the visuals are so, so great here. But like, yeah, for me, whenever I think about it internally, it's like, I think about, I don't know how to describe what I'm describing, but then like right after that line, we get him saying a table standing empty by the edge of the stream, but the sea. And to me, there's no better metaphor for just like how you could feel if you feel so alone, but yet you're surrounded by all of this noise and all of this war, violence, whatever. I think that's a pretty pertinent thing. And then you have like the forsaken courtyards that were once busy and now they're, they're not busy. And obviously for you, it's because, a war is looming. People are leaving. Yeah. I mean, there's, you can really reconcile my version with your version. Yeah. And at the end, you know, call, call me any name you like. I will never deny it. Farewell, Angelina. The skies erupting. I must go where it is quiet. That's interesting. Call me any name you like. I will never deny it. I always took that as like, you'll call me, call me a bastard. That's fine, but I got to go. Yeah. And it's like, that's a good question too. Like, is Angelina going to come? Is she not? Is that what that? line signifies for you like in your story is is are you saying this person's like i gotta go call me whatever call me a bastard for leaving but i gotta go i no i i mean i took that definitely more of as like a, a some kind of offensive racial epithet or something like whatever mm. call me whatever you want because i like i would imagine yeah. it's some this like very dramatic thing at some point somebody's be like oh you were just whatever all along you were part of outgroup whatever all along i gotta go whatever you know call me that if you want to whatever you need to say to make yourself feel better but i am leaving <laughs> right and so yours works perfectly with mine uh the only other thing that i could think representation wise is like going where it's quiet is death i mean it could also be that you know, you're sort of walking into your own doom. And if you're taking this in a feudal perspective, in a 20, 20th century war perspective, I mean, you could be walking to your death in these battles raging over nothing, you know, for nothing. And they were for nothing. And people died in massive quantities. Um, so going where it's quiet is almost like I'm too tired and I need to I'm done. Call me. Yeah. Well, yeah. And even call me any name you like, you know, you that could be people call me. um uh, a coward you know if i'm like laying sure. down my life at this moment or call me uh, a hero if you want to do it you know something like with god on our side where you know there's a complicated legacy of the military in this country and america specifically but just like yeah call me whatever you want i won't deny it i'm a coward i'm an imperialist i'm a soldier i'm a hero i'm all of it i'm, I'm entangled or i'm a bastard oh, yeah. and i'm your boyfriend i don't know you gotta give me all of those things Oh, yeah. I, I guess it. you could even keep it in like the cinematic scope of my story where you could turn the, the narrator into someone who's going to be fighting for the in-group instead. Right. It's like, oh, shit, yeah. things just went bad. I have to go because I have to go fight for these people. Whether or not I believe it, I have to go fight for them. That oh, could work too. sorry. We, we did this with a song. It was a cover song. Uh, not Blood in My Eyes. It was the one where it was uh, the girl was the... um. It turns out it was a woman that was the soldier the whole time. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, God. God, what was yeah. that? Jack Arrow, right? 
Jack O'Rourke. Yeah, I don't know. Just that <laughs> reminds me a lot of that's great yeah, yeah. right there. See, there you go. Yeah, it reminds me of Jack O'Rourke. I mean, it, like it's sort of like it doesn't. I guess not specifically, but when I think of Jack O'Rourke, I do think older. Then I guess no, because we were on the battlefields. But for some reason, I want a pirate to be there, and there was not a pirate in that well, one. Well, there there's no. pirates in the song. In this one. Yeah. But not in the Jack pirates. Oh well, I mean. I mean, kind of. Well, it's boat stuff, okay? It's boat. It's yeah, boat it was stuff. boat stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it was whaling stuff, too. I wonder if there was a whale yeah. in it. We just didn't catch the whale. Fuck. Yeah, it's boat stuff. The lady goes on the boat, pretends to be a dude to save her boyfriend. That's right. That's right. We love it. We we definitely love it. Uh, I was joking about is it Joan Baez, but I will say uh, Joan Baez said many years later, quote, there is no way to be sure if he's really writing about me. Uh, I wouldn't ask him and he wouldn't tell me. The songs he was doing weren't really about anybody or anything in particular. I think that's a diplomatic way to put it. And I think it's fair. I mean, I think he's an artist. People don't write songs only about one thing. I just think it's an especially diplomatic uh, thing to say from someone who I'm sure is nothing but sick of asking or fielding questions about Bob Dylan. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I mean, I'm sure it's to this day still being asked. Um, Clint Halen does suggest something really interesting that he thinks that the song ended up being dropped or not worked on because of It's All Over Now, Baby Blue episode 127 for us. Uh, And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, I do actually think so. Like less destructive imagery, but the mood number one is definitely still there, but there's a couple of key lines. Um, The beginning of the song, you must leave now, take everything you need. You think it will last to me. That's almost a continuation. If you take like a personal thing, you could say that it's literally the next line after the song. Like I must go where it's quiet. You must leave now, take everything you need. You know, telling Angelina, we got to go. Let's go. Um, And then Yonder stands your orphan with his gun. You know, the gun metaphors show up in this song. Um, The saints coming through in It's All Over Now, Baby Blue. uh, Match the triangles and the trumpets, you know, the the music procession going through. Uh, The sky is falling over you. The carpet, too, is folding under you. Uh, Those are, you know, clearly part of this song and then strike another match go start anew you know kind of reminds me of the the sky is on fire you know so i don't know so i do think that there's something to those songs being interchanged it's all over now baby blue i think is a superior song to this so do i think do i agree with that yeah probably i mean it will always be an iconic uh episode of the podcast right yeah but i don't know uh, we'll have to see i'll make a point mm. you know once we're at the end of the season to kind of compare think about it. this one and, and that one just to see as to the anti-warness of the song so i was also thinking about that some people see it as an anti-war song not so much the war and i think you can take the anti from the horrific depiction that you're engaging in like obviously the the actions of the military are terrible and hence we should not do those things. And I think the, the obvious ones are going to be the corporals and neighbors are all clapping to the people shooting fucking, uh, sawed off shotguns at cans or whatever, you know, and everybody cheers with each blast, which is pretty dark. Uh, the machine guns roaring the puppets with the rocks. Obviously that's all pretty obvious. Although I want to bring up the fifth verse because, um, there was a, a, some interesting stuff that I found out online and I kind of went down a little hole, but the, the whole verse is King Kong, little elves, in or on the rooftops, they dance. Valentino-type tangos while the heroes clean or the makeup uh, the makeup man's hands. Shut the eyes of the dead, not to embarrass anyone. Farewell, Angelina. The sky is embarrassed or flooding over, and I must be gone. So the reference to King Kong is interesting because of the 
reference to Valentino. Now, I didn't know much about Valentino, but I knew about him. Rudolph Valentino, the actor. I didn't know much about his life, but I knew that he was in, like, The Chic. He was, like, an early 20s um, uh, silent film star. And apparently fucking beloved because he died when he was 31 years old of pleurisy. Okay. Which is like the inflammation of membranes surrounding your lungs. Yeah. Uh, he thought it was like an a- abdominal problem, and actually, like there is a medical condition that bears his name based on abdominal pains that actually signify something going on in the lungs. Um, so he died when he was thirty-one in nineteen twenty-six. Apparently, the world was shocked. Uh, there were a hundred thousand people who attended his funeral. Holy shit! There were reports of suicide uh, from distraught fans. Um, people were breaking down windows to try to get in to see his body. He had a fucking, he was taken from New York city all the way to Los Angeles on a fucking caravan because people were just so distraught about it. However, an interesting tidbit here is that he was an Italian, Italian born, I believe, uh, Rudolph Valentino in an era of pretty, you know, vehement racism against Italian Americans and Mussolini was on the rise. So this intertwining of the two, when Mussolini sent, uh, apparently sent two fascist black shirts to Valentino's funeral with a wreath from Mussolini. And there are photos of them doing the, what we know today as like the Sig Heil, but like the fascist salute um, at the, at the thing. So they're kind of just become intertwined. And I was like, oh, well that kind of sucks. Some dickhead comes to your funeral and fucks you over. But it turns out that like Valentino was part and parcel of like this, authoritarian impulse for like especially men like anti-democratic um authoritarian not just in state wise but also in the bedroom and in the home uh valentino said quote there must be a leader for a nation for a state for a home there is no such thing as equality the woman is not the equal of man intellectually or in any other way and there's a book that yeah very cool so there was a book that just came out a couple years ago uh called the devo and the duce who talk about the concurrent rise of these two people and just reading the article, uh, they posted it um, on the Washington post and I'll link it in the show notes. was really fascinating. And to me, knowing that now the Valentino type tango to me is, is that like, it makes it more explicitly sort of fascist and even puts it into like a world war two context because the tango in my head is that impulse between War, not war, democracy, anti-democratic, authoritarian, and free and open. Like, you're trying to do that tango. You're trying to say one thing, do the other, live up to a certain ideal. And it is like a, it's a step. It would be hard to reconcile living in this time, but believing that you should be in another time or everybody is inferior to you. But that's just like blatantly untrue on the face of it. And you're just doing this thing. And what it leads you to do is terrible things like killing our narrator, attacking our narrator, who knows what's going on. So anyways, I just thought I would share that. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if I'm just making that up completely, but I have no idea what a Valentino type tango is, unless it was a famous I mean... dance from 1964, which I don't think <laughs> it was. <laughs> no, I, I'm really glad that he said something because I was curious. I mean, that, that whole um, top of that verse, I was like, why are we talking about King Kong and the loves? I guess we're just trying to do, you know, like, a dichotomy moment like things are really big and sometimes things are really small <laughs> and what happens when you put them I, together i don't know what the little elves would be but like king kong was a silent was a movie back then too so even if we're hearkening back to that time and that's where the valentino thing is going maybe there was a movie about christmas or about elves or fucking santa's a fascist i don't know i mean what's going yeah, on here or i mean the makeup man's hands could also be the undertaker right or like the mortuary person or whoever who's like uh, God, what's the name of? Oh, why can't I remember the name of stuff? The people, the funeral people who make the bodies cleaner. Yeah, you know, Balmer? they make them pretty. 
I mean, that's part of it. But yeah, I think it's just mortuary person, whatever. Mortuary person. Mortician. 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 Dear God. (laughs) And then I would just say that the the fact that the sky is embarrassed, I think, is also potentially commentary on the things that were just happening. The sky is like, I don't approve. Facepalm, giant facepalm from the sky. Giant <laughs> so the final question I have, Kelly, before we uh, see if this song is worthwhile, if you couldn't tell, uh, does this fit into the uh, Seven Curses extended universe? Ooh, yeah, uh, I did think about that a little bit because it certainly is. I feel like Joan's version, maybe even more so because it mm. has more of a romantic feel to it, just like uh, musically, tonally, it sounds more romantic than Bob's version. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, we could get there. But then, I don't know, the imagery with the machine gun specifically, I think that even if it's a poetic device, it still makes it feel like maybe not. I, I could, You could make a case for either, but I'm going to lean no. Yeah. I will say that there were, you know, like Gatling guns. Like, they were around during our Wild West days. That's we took true. them out yeah, on the planes and Like the hand crank down. ones? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. other versions of it, too. More automatic ones, mm-hmm. too. So... Depending on where we're placing the seven curses in either a a very specific historical place or just a vibe, it could fit in the vibe. But uh, the the, the triangles, who's got a fucking triangle out on the planes? That's my question. Who uses a triangle as, well, I guess an alert, you know, that's your your dinner bell. Your dinner bell? Hey. All right. You've convinced me. It's definitely in there for me. Uh, Kelly, (laughs) does this song work today in 2022? I think so, because of the same rote reason. I feel like you should just insert a supercut of me being like, because songs that are just played on a guitar acoustically never sound out of time or place. They're just timeless, so they always work. And even Joe's version, work. I mean, I think is pretty Beautiful. good, too. Although hers feels older to me than Bob's does mm. because of that. I feel like that Burn. her voice to me is so entrenched in the 60s in a way that Bob's isn't, which is funny. Like, I don't know why his transcends. But to me, you hear Joan Baez and you just like you hear covers of Bob songs through her mouth and you just like see black and white footage of like stuff from Vietnam and just like all this stuff. <laughs> she very much her her just her voice conjures that for me. Yeah, I mean, I would say Bob is a voice and an artistic sensibility that changed. Like, that's probably what he is most famous for is changing all the time. He's a chameleon. Uh, Joan Baez did not. So she is fully formed. And her singing there is her singing 30 years later. No shade on her. But like her voice is splendid, beautiful, and it continues to be splendid and beautiful all the way throughout. You know, so it kind of has that quality where you're right. It's like I can easily I can listen to something from the 80s and it sounds like it's from the 60s because the 60s sound like they're from the 90s. And you just lose track of time. Whereas (laughs) here, you know, if, if you're like, you know, Bob, you have so many different Bobs in your head right now. And like I do that, you know, I think it transcends all time. You can put him in the 60s, but he doesn't live there the way that Joan, I think, does live there, yeah, yeah. which is unfortunate. But that's probably the way I would put it. I've thought about that a lot because I feel the exact same way. I always see her at the March on Washington with Bob, but I don't yeah. see Bob there. Bob's right. like a blurry face, but she's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, her version. No, his version. Yes. But both great. I think we can agree. Both on great. For sure. Yeah, I would say, you know, it's for me, Bob and a guitar, obviously, uh, surreal sounding, yet very sensible upon reflection. Like there's a story you can definitely grapple onto it, but it's not super weird. Like he will get a little bit later and he has already gotten a little bit weird. Mr. Tambourine Man's a weird song. And I think this is more straightforward, I think, than that. Um, I think he's specific enough 
which I love to be great, but he's ambiguous enough to appeal to everyone. Although some people obviously want to pen him in. Um, and I called it alien. The people want to pen it into a quote, alienating one size fits all zero sum metaphor. That's what people want um, because they want this song to be exactly about one thing. And I, I need people listening to this. If you feel that way to give it up, please. <laughs> um, for people getting to Bob Dylan, like I said, this uh, transcends bridges from eras. We're going from Tambourine Man, Chimes of Freedom, and then this bridges over into It's All Right Ma and Desolation Row. This, I think, is up there. I think it's a really beautiful, poetic song. The, the, the poem itself is very beautiful. I think it stood uh, by its own, even without the song, for 30 years, roughly. Um, and, you know, the last time I can think about us really talking – at, well, I, we didn't really talk about the tarot cards, but yeah, like Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts. It reminded me of that, too, mm-hmm. because we talked a ton about tarot cards. Um, and this was like, I didn't realize he was already talking about that shit already. You know, so it's all it, it's surprising. This was a surprising song for me to come back to because I've heard it a million times, but I've never considered the song. I've never thought about it. I don't know if I've ever really listened fully to the lyrics, like thought about them. So that was a really nice change of pace for me as well. So two thumbs up from Sign in the Window. Go listen to it right now. Genotype tangles while the heroes clean hands. Shut the eyes of the dead, not to embarrass anyone. Farewell, Angelina. The sky's flooding over, and I must be gone. Kelly, did you know that we are a real Bob Dylan podcast? We're part of the community. Uh, the very growing community. I mean, I don't want the anybody grow- listening to this to know, but there are lots of them now. And we were one of the first, not the first, <sighs> I know. but we were no. we were one of a precious few back in 2017. So I'm just saying. If you love intermittent, ir- irreverent <laughs> podcast, irreverent, inconsistent. intermittent, inconsistent, all the eyes, I and I and I. Then you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm probably never going to update on Facebook, so I'm going to drop that officially from this. Uh, And then if you want to give us a dollar on Patreon, you want to shout out your mom, Patreon. You want to shout yourself out, Patreon. Patreon. Add us or TW pod everywhere. Uh, And if you want to just vibe out and listen to some dope playlists, we didn't get to do a playlist last week because we had a record. I mean, we did have five other songs, so it is technically a playlist, but you could just go listen to Infidels on your own, but you cannot listen to the the playlist that Kelly and I made. And you can, you can listen to our playlists live in real time at see that my playlist is kept clean at Spotify, or you can go to the show notes or the notes of this episode and you can find the playlist for this episode and you can follow it or save it or move it off to something or whatever you want to do. Speaking of this playlist, Kelly, I got to say it was nice to make a playlist. It's been a long time since we've done it. I want you to know that I saw what you did with Fair Chance, The Well, Engel, Inadi. I know, I know, I know. I saw you in real time adjusting the playlist. I was like, oh, I fucked it up. He didn't notice. And then I saw you in real time put it back because I happened to be looking at the playlist. I was like, yes, he saw the vision. Uh, So we'll get to those songs individually (laughs) here. But welcome back to the playlist for the third time, Joan Baez, Farewell Angelina, of course. Harry Belafonte for the second time. Thundercat for the third time. Excellent. Songs Ohio for the second time. Hum for the second time. And the Mensigers for the sixth time. I had to do it. I had to do yeah. it. Uh, yeah, the Thundercat song was, was dope. Right. The Harry Belafonte song was uh, jarring, but, you know, had to be done. So 
I love it. I love it. It's just every time I just maybe I'm very basic, but I'm just like, oh, yes, it's Beetlejuice. Yes, let's get into it. It's wonderful. The Hum song, of course, is great. That was uh, that was a nice remember Hum. Remember Hum? Second time, too. I mean, it's great. This will become a Hum podcast in no time. And then a ton (laughs) of uh, of of welcome to for the first time. Great stuff. Uh, The Jimmy Ruffin farewell is a lonely sound. Really enjoyed that. Tommy Genesis Angelina. Never heard of it. Dope. Uh, Some uh, some Grammy rap. Yeah, Queen Queen Herbie, farewell, from the ninth EP. Uh, Jay Fendi, Angelina, and then here we go with you, Marcus King, the Well. What a what a rocker, Ramstein, Engel. Who has this is the only the second Rams. Sorry, how do you say it again? Ramstein, Ramstein. My bad. Uh, Ramstein, Engel. This is only the second Ramstein song that i've ever heard obviously everyone's heard do do really oh yeah oh because do has yeah yeah no dude the second i was like angelina i'm like i'm getting angle on here because it's uh it just yeah i don't know since because of of Aaliyah, i their first like three albums yeah. just over and over and over again but yeah anytime i can find an excuse to throw Rammstein on there i'm gonna do I it i would never it just would never cross my mind um, but it was really nice to hear them in nice is not the word, really. I want to say not my jam, but, but the, you know, his voice is so, uh, uh, assaulting unique. That's the word oh. assaulting unique. Yeah. Same, same thing. Um, and then MC Krisha. And I was like, at first I was like, oh, this is not English. And I was like, okay, this is some Kelly still getting French rap yeah, on her Discover right, Weekly. Right. And then it's like, no, it's become Kosovo Albanian yes, rap. That's right. So what's going on with your Discover Weekly is my question. This was not on my Discover Weekly, but although it might oh, influence damn. it now, this was just one that I picked and I was like, oh shit, this is, what is this? And then I looked into it. I was like, they're Albanian. They're fucking Albanian. <laughs> like, that's great, man. I mean, it's, it's a good, you know, it's, I feel like I've heard it before. You know, it's it's not like a unique beat or um, song style of any kind, but it was cool. I was like, shit, man, Kosovo, who fucking knew? Also, it's just... Well, it's cool to have Kosovo doing it, though. Kosovo represent. Let's right, go. Right. What the shit? I also didn't know, realize that the current, at this moment, will change tomorrow uh, political nomenclature is Kosovo-Albanian, because God forbid Kosovo mm-hmm. be a country, because Kosovo is Serbia. Never fucking forget. So this Kosovo-Albania sure, shit, this bullshit. And it's all Yugoslavia, and in the back, it's all Ottoman right. Empire, baby. Let's just keep going back. <laughs> right, right. Just keep going forever. <laughs> uh, we'll never know. We'll never keep up, Kelly. It's just this podcast will just be. We're gonna watch the world turn around us as we talk about Bob Dylan. Yes, and talk Weird about thought. the former Soviet uh, Union, apparently. The former Soviet <laughs> Union. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, Earl Klug, Angelina, a nice instrumental. Oh man. Uh, Django Rain- Reinhardt as well. Two two instrumentals. That was hard. Farewell Blues. That was hard. The, the oh that instrumental the Klug one because I was just like I just so the PBS of it all I was just like I need to be <laughs> Bob Ross painting it up <laughs> and then Django Reinhardt first time Farewell Blues was pretty cool to, as well um, pretty famous and then most important of all is the Norfolk Broads An- Angelina or Angelina or whatever how, however they say it Baker Angelina Baker amazing fucking awesome amazing absolutely one of the best things both of their records are on my new to listen oh, nice. to. I don't know if you know much. You don't know. No, I just about saw that it was. It, I just, well, you know, I just searched for Angelina, and then I was like, "Huh, Angelina Baker," and I popped into it. I was like, "This is ladies singing about ladies." That's my favorite thing. So yeah, there you go. It is. It's awesome. So, uh, 
in England, the area between Norfolk and Suffolk is known as the Broads. Lakes are Broads. Mm. So it's pl- a nice play. Play on words. We love a play on words. Mm-hmm. Then I went to their website because I was like, these girls sound amazing and I need to know more about them. They're pretty new. They released a record in 2021 and this is their bio. I'm just going to read the first part of their bio. Quote, the Norfolk Broads are Anna Cornish, Eleanor Dale, Helen Cherry, and Daisy Johnson, a four-piece female ensemble who enjoys singing low-pitched folk songs about love despair and dastardly boyfriends <laughs> they bonded over maritime work songs and failed romances in the alto section of the trad academy sea shanty choir deciding to form a girl group during a long car ride to cornwall in 2014 now we've all been there right right and this brings it all back home to the fucking whaling i know i wish they did a cover of of the song who accidentally picked a perfect song it was me I accidentally picked a perfect song. It was incredible. <laughs> and I and I want to shout out there is a band. I've never we did not listen to them. They're not on the podcast, but I kept running into Farewell Angelina. It is a band. They are like a country oh. band. Okay. Real band. They're on tour right now in 2022, the year of our Lord. And you can go watch them. Farewell Angelina. Uh this is a unique uh playlist as well. I did I took a song off the playlist because it's too damn long. And the song I took off was Opeth. To bid farewell, yeah, yeah. it was ten minutes long. I know, but it was it was pretty good. I mean, I I, I enjoyed. But you put Rammstein, so I, potato potato. And I know people are gonna we're gonna get hate mail for that because they're <laughs> not the same. Know. But I'm just gonna I'm saying that they're the same. So Kelly, we were also people in the world. What were you doing while you were listening to this? And what would you recommend for people that want to sort of recreate our experience uh, in real time? Oh, God. Uh, I have to say that I think the 2022 might be okay. And I shouldn't say that out loud, but my brain has mm. been reconfigured, whatever was going on the last two years. I mean, I know pandemic or whatever, but like I was just incapable of like li- <laughs> listening thing. to music consistently, like seeking it out. I just like wanted to keep listening to the same podcast over and over again. Uh, I have not restarted the same podcast over again. Uh, I have even eschewed podcasts for the most part for this week because I've just been listening to music mostly. And and, and it's been like the first time in forever. And it's just like so nice. So nice. So I listen to a lot of music. I have been working on my Goth Delights playlist, which is like, you know, a lot of Bauhaus and Susie and the Banshees and stuff like that. And because of that, I got opened up to a whole bunch of new stuff. But first, Alt-J came out with a new album. I'm not a huge Alt-J fan. I do like Alt-J. I mean, I definitely listen to a an awesome wave and the other one after that that i can't remember the name of oh this is all yours but then i fell off because i didn't really care and then uh the dream yes just came out i think like last week or the week before and the song it, the whole album is actually good beginning to end um but the song nice. losing my mind is fucking excellent it is uh the best and it's okay. very very um sufjan stevens john wayne gacy song it's because it's mm. like from the perspective of a serial killer kind of and like the um nice. the chorus is like um you and i are not so different like kind of like that and it's just it's i don't know uh-huh. it's really really great song um i listened to zeal and Arter finally uh, i don't yeah. know i don't know how i feel it's okay i think that some of the common all of them or just the newest all three one? records the, the yeah the all yeah i listen to all of them um because i i listened to the most recent single that came out from the newest record um uh something death to the holy i think is what it's called and that that track was good but but i sometimes the combination of musical styles they're doing don't work for me um but some of them really do so i would say it's kind of hit or miss my favorite song on their first album devil is fine is actually the very last track sacrilegium three because it's like this beautiful instrumental song and i fucking love it i could listen to that forever of course i love that one of course i love that one (laughs) we're gonna i'm gonna make a list of all right i'm gonna officially make a list of every time you mention 
one minute long songs that are just DVD menu. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Oh my you God. Why haven't I made now? this we'll playlist? Yes. The DVD menu playlist. Why haven't you made this playlist? <laughs> What's wrong with me? But because of my goth playlist that I'm putting together, I found out. <laughs> You know, post-punk is a genre, and you know, like, art-punk is a genre, and it's just like, it didn't just wow. end in the 80s. Did you know that? So uh, there's a band called wow. uh, Sweeping Promises that came out with an album in 2020. Okay. They are like a lo-fi um, post-punk fucking, it, they are so good. Their album from uh, 2020, Hunger for What, Hunger for a Way Out, fucking perfect beginning to end, and they came out with a single last year called uh, Pain Without a Touch, and it's just like, it's fucking amazing. It, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh in, in that same vein, The Sound, which is a 1980s British band that is very much like yeah. Joy Division, kind of uh, echoing the Bunny Man thing. They really didn't get super duper big, um, but their first album, their first and second album, but their first album, Jeopardy, uh, the song Missiles, fucking excellent. Again, beginning to end, that album is great. Um, what else? So much music. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. This is awesome. Bloody Wood is uh, an Indian metal band, uh, like Bollywood, but Bloody Wood. Pretty great. Um, nice. That's dope. We don't have all of it on Spotify, or they've only released a handful of singles or what, but there's only just like a 10 songs total uh, just smattering over the years. Mm. And so, some of their stuff, is, it's, it's pretty on-the-nose, new metal-y stuff, but their, um, I, their song, Maki Basad, fucking fire, dude. Like, it's just, like, explosive and great, and, like... They do like half rapping and they sing in, uh, I think it's Punjab. I don't, I don't remember what, what language it is because um, it's from India, but sorry, my bad. But yeah, it's just yeah. really good, worth listening to. Um, I got to give credit huh. to Steve Terryberry of YouTube, the guitarist YouTuber, because he hey. went on a thing doing metal from around the world. And that was one of the highlights of the band. Cool. So um, they were excellent, as well as uh, Tenger Calvary, uh, T N G G E R Calvary. Um, they are yeah. like an experimental metal. Um, the hmm. Mongolian, Chinese, uh, uh, there's an American guy in it too, I think. And it's just, it's really cool. It's a lot more cinematic and soundtracky, um, but there's a couple of tracks that are pretty tear your face off. Um, and. <laughs> The best, worst music thing that happened this week is I found out that Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, <laughs> wife of the the uh, soon-to-be heir, or wife of the heir of the of the throne of Bel-Air, um, yes. she was in a new metal band, or technically is still in a new metal band, oh, that wow. produced two full albums, none of which are on Spotify. Wow. Not a single song can be found for a reason. So I found it on YouTube because I had to know. And uh, yeah. there are two songs only, really, that I can find on YouTube. One is called, one is called "Bleed All Over Me," <laughs> and the other one is called "Something Inside of Me." Uh, the song "Bleed All Over Me," the video, you can watch it. It's um, I've never heard more fucked up drums in my life. They're completely out of sync. The chorus oh. brings it back together, but it's oh. like it's like someone's playing a, a, a metal drum beat, and then someone's just like randomly going "Cuh, cuh, cuh." It's all. It's so fucked up, and not in a fun art way where you're messing with stuff. It's like wrong. It's yeah. wrong. I thought I was listening to two songs on top of each other because the drums were so fucked up, um, and then it, the, wow. the lyrics are just like. For, for what it's worth, that song specifically, it's a little evanescency. Like it almost has like with, with the exception uh. of the fucked up drums. When she gets to the chorus, it's like you know people really want to dump on this band because they're terrible and I get it but like there's a, a little bit of a nugget of almost a good song but then their other song that they, they performed on the fucking Letterman show and you should watch mm. the video it's incredible something inside of me Ow. where in the chorus is something inside of me is pissed it's just like the worst <laughs> angsty 14 year old she was a full ass adult when she wrote this shit and sure. she's like you shouldn't have you shouldn't have it shouldn't have happened but <laughs> Yeah.
things I did start listening to not another D&D podcast. Uh, Critical Role is excellent, but it's like um, a little too dramatic sometimes. And not another D&D podcast is a couple of people from College Humor, namely Brian Murphy, who's the DM, and Emily Axford, who I absolutely love, who's an actress and comedian um, who was featured prominently in the show Adam Ruins Everything. She was like the main recurring character on that, as well as Brian Murphy, who was her husband uh, in real life. And so I'd recommend that if you're into D&D or even if you're not, it's just entertaining to listen to because they're funny and they don't take it quite as seriously as Critical Role does, which sometimes can be exhausting. Um, and then speaking of Critical Role, the first campaign of Critical Role uh, with the Vox Machina crew, they turned that into a TV show. It's a cartoon that's on um, Amazon Prime. It's really, really good because it actually tells a story of before the campaign started and goes into the campaign. And it's it's a cartoon. It's a kind of an anime style, but it's definitely like adult. Like they cuss and they like there's lots of blood and there's boobs and yeah. stuff. And it's really, really fun, especially if you're a fan of Critical Role to actually see put because all the voice actors are the same right because they're all voice actors playing the game so actually see their characters on the screen is very neat uh and the last things real quick i watched a movie called vivarium it's starring imogene poots that's a person's name and uh jesse eisenberg uh it was just an indie movie that i thought was gonna be really good but then it just did that thing that i don't like about like it's a horror indie movie that where it's like you can be ambiguous and still have a satisfying story but this was not satisfying it was just like and then we don't know why this happened the end okay uh the Witcher, I finally finished it. It does get better with time, but it's still just not its not Game of Thrones level and it never will be, but I do appreciate it, especially comparing it to Buffy. The Witcher has nothing but rules. There's systems that make sense. Magic makes sense. Maybe the show's not 100% good, but it's like it's still great. It's still worth watching. So The Witcher, as if nobody has ever heard of that and you need my recommendation personally. And then finally, uh-huh. uh, Christine McConnell, goth craft goddess. Uh, she has a Patreon. Again, I'm two years late to the game. So if you want to watch Gothy Crafts with Christine McConnell, who had a show on Netflix briefly in 2019 called uh, something, the creations of Christine McConnell uh, that had like puppets in it and stuff. It's not this. It's just her doing her crafts because there's no puppets. But puppets. Uh, I know. And I hate fucking puppets. I really did not like the show, which is why I was not interested in following her after she, the show got canceled. But her, her doing her own videos is very cool because it's all her like spooky aesthetic and making cakes and shit and it's good anyway i've been talking for like 20 minutes daniel what else what did you do not a whole lot i'm, I'm chilling thanks for that kelly uh <laughs> i did listen to a couple <laughs> records but not as much as you you fucking win you went deep i mean i guess i i do too i listen to a lot but uh, my highlights here are mainly just new ones um chris farron new record <laughs> called death won't wait parentheses original motion picture soundtrack not for he's not in a movie <laughs> but you know it's uh it's a, it's a mostly instrumental record uh but he does have one fit real song with Laura uh, Stevenson and him singing it. It's really good. And then the rest of it's just like, do, 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 you know, sort of like an action movie, like James Bondy type. Great stuff. All instrumental. Nice. We love Chris Farron, of course. Um, there's a rapper from uh, the UK called Bob Villain, which I had never heard of. So it's just a V instead of the D for Dylan. Bob Villain. Uh, we are we are here. 2020. I, amazing. Really, really, really good. And it's like eight songs recommended. Bob Villain. A band that I recommended last year because post punk is not dead, Kelly, yes. and I put them together with a band uh, called Shame, and I, I love Shame's record last year. Uh, there's a band called Black Country New Road. Apparently, the lead singer and songwriter quit the band the day that the record came out, so the band is effectively over. But they have a new record called um, Ants from Up There, and it is uh, you. I don't know if you would like it because um, it's not like post punk in like the Shame way that I like. Um, that we both probably like, but this one's got like um, jazz vibes as well. So it's got horns and things like that. That And the songs are long. And, um, you know, the last song in particular is like 50 minutes long. Uh, Basketball Shoes, I think is what it's called. Fucking awesome. Uh, 
but it's kind of like a commitment. You definitely want to commit and like really listen. I was going to say Zealand Ardor. I'm kind of with you too. Um, the first record when it was just the dude doing it, it was like a breath of fresh air, something unlike anything that I had ever heard before uh, to bring in, you know, hymnals, Bible, song, gospel, fucking, you know, slavery songs mixed with, you know, pretty devastating metal. Um, I think that the next record after that kind of like expanded on that in a good way. But the rest of it has kind of just been treading the same thing. And this one, I'm, I will need more time yeah. because I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I, I wouldn't recommend this. I would still say the first record, but I'm glad that they're making a go of it and like having a career. Yeah. I mean, that's good. And metal with like diverse idea more diversity is always better so like yes let's continue with that i mean obviously wicked wisdom uh, you know they are their globe they're there they charted the way and zeal and ardor you know are just picking it no i will i will cut that out that is a lie and then of course most importantly in a album that i will be talking about on the top 20 at the end of the year is from uh big thief again dragon new warm mountain i believe in you absolutely beautiful double record 20 songs I don't think there's a bad one on there. It does get a little too samey, but the songs that are great are great, great and awesome. So I did do what you're, what you did last year. So I'm going to steal some of your thunder from last season. If you haven't listened to last season, go back and listen to Kelly, go through her childhood album by album. Nice. I have been listening to a podcast from Rob Harvella, the 60 songs that explain the 90s. And I listened to, uh, this week it was Tori Amos. I don't listen to them a lot because there's only 60. So Cornflake Girl by Tori Amos was on there. And specifically it was Rosa Parks by Outcast. Right, sure. In that, he brought up the um, uh, the Source Awards. I was like, oh, Source Magazine. Sorry, not the awards. The Source, the magazine. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of old issues of The Source here in my home. And I was like, that's right. The mic system, I forgot about that. And he was talking about all of the albums that got, that got five mics. And the fact of Outkast getting it was a very big deal because they were the first Southern artists to, to win, to win, to get five mics. Um, and usually Southern hip hop before Outkast was pretty much, you know, maligned uh, outside of LA and New York that were the powerhouses. And so I was like, I, what are these five mic records? So I just made a playlist. I'm going to listen to every one of those records. So I started all of these so far from 1990. Uh, Tribe Called Quest. I mean, of course, I mean, these are oh, yeah. albums that I've heard many times before, but it's nice to revisit them and like actually like pay attention and like, okay, cool. Uh, Tribe Called Quest, obviously, People's Instinctive Travels and The Paths of Rhythm. Eric B. and Rock Kim, Let the Rhythm Hit, Let the rhythm hit Them. Uh, Ice Cube, America's Most Wanted. Haven't listened to that since I was a kid. It's pretty dope. Hmm. And Boogie Down Productions, KRS-One, uh, Edutainment as well. And I don't think I'd ever heard that one. So yeah, the next ones up for me are One for All from B- Brand Nubian, Not De La Soul, because De La Soul is not streaming, and uh, Tribe Called Quest again with Low End Theory, and then Illmatic from Nas. So that's my uh, upcoming. And then I'm going to keep going because they did a lot of 4.5 mics, 4 mics, um, and albums that weren't reviewed at all that have since become fivers. So I think there's in total about 40 records that are five mics. So I'm going to continue this through the whole year. Well, that will be Enjoy. very fun. And I yes. am jealous of your experience that I definitely couldn't replicate. You definitely could not replicate it. Tribal Quest, of course, and I've recommended again Hanif Abdul Rakib because I have to mention him everywhere. Uh, he wrote a book on Tribal Quest, so I recommend again everyone to just go out and listen to all of Tribe and read Hanif's book, please. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> well, I mean, especially uh, Midnight Marauders and Low End Theory. Very good records. Free school dinners for the poor, pizza with a side of misery. Teacher said when I leave, no one here will miss me. Did we 
No, I was a sinner, but if they say so, well, I must be. Big lips, white nose, God knows no one will trust me. Mum don't look like me, but thank God she still loved me. Neighbours called me nigger, told me go back to my own country. Said since we arrived, this place has got so ugly. But this is my fucking country, and it's never been fucking lovely. Kelly, this was the end of Farewell, Angelina. I hope that we all had a good ride. And it was hopefully better than Infidels. Yes. Almost two hours of us talking about Infidels. Yes, it was. Although you did mention I and I and I and I. You were just too much, too much Infidels talk on this episode. I know. It's my biggest regret. And, and biblical references. Oh, it's, yeah. Well, if there's any critique, uh, leave us a critique. Leave us a review, <laughs> right? Um, shout us out on iTunes. Just shout, just leave a review that says our name and five stars, please. <laughs> Kelly, we're going to choose next week's song. Yes. With words. Great. Do you have words for me? Five words. Okay. First is fox, like the animal. F-O-X. Fox. F-O-X. Fox. Okay. All right. Fox. What does the fox say? Oh, wow. That really riled them up. <laughs> wow. What What does the fox say? Just riled me up. That's a, that's a little throwback. I know. Ilvis? Elvis is the name of the band? Uh, Y-L-V-S? Yeah, with a Y, Y-L-V-I-S, I think, yeah. Yelvis, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, Fox, yeah, we have eight foxes. Not bad. Really? Huh. Huh? I'm surprised. I don't know why, but I am. Uh, Okay, provision. As in, provision. make a provision or have... Provisions are like food sometimes. Yeah. Could be sustenance spiritually for a long trail. No. No provisions. Provision, okay. Uh, convenience? No convenience. There was one convenient, but we will not count okay. it because we do not have time to count it. So, okay. Graduate or graduate, I guess. It could be either because it's Ooh. spelled the same way, right? There is no graduate, but I will say there is one song. So there's one for graduate. Okay. And, and then what's the other? This is definitely not going to be on there. Or I guess I shouldn't say that because I don't know. Timetable. One word, which I did not know was one word. And I'm not sure that it is one word, but timetable. Well, We'll rock both of them because I think it's uh, there's some controversy. People are screaming right now. <laughs> timetable and timetable together, nothing. Excellent. All right, so Fox it is. we're gonna go with Fox. Yeah, graduate would have been a stretch, and it would have just been me being a dick. Okay, <laughs> so Fox, Fox it is. We'll go through um, whatever foxes I want here. Okay, so number one, Fox. Are you ready, Kelly? Yes. Am I ready? That's a better question. Find the first fox is. It must be either like someone on the record because it's 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 gathering all the metadata, mm. so it might not be getting the words from it. So Fox is a pretty common name. So in fact, never mind. There was only one. Gotcha. Do we want to just do the one, or do we want to pick? There's we've sown enough confusion, Kelly. At this point, do you want to do? Do you want to do the Foxtrot, or do you want to pick another word? Let's just because I've led you astray. Well, we could just do the Foxtrot. That's fine. I mean, that's just as random as anything else. That's true. Yeah. Are you? But does that does that is that good for you? I mean, does, she knows how to foxtrot. It's not necessarily the most intriguing line I've ever heard, but you know, it's not the worst either. Because maybe we're cutting a rug. Why don't you? Okay, let's keep the foxtrot in mind. Do you have an, a word off the top of your head? Do you have one word? Mm, the very first thing that came to my mind was potato. Potato. Let's just see <laughs> if Bob's talking about potatoes. Or maybe oh, because you're hungry for potatoes, probably. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I can have potatoes. We eat a lot of potatoes now. Okay, there is potatoes. Do you want to do the Foxtrot or do you want to do a song about potatoes? 
Give me a potato. What's give me a, a potato line? Potato. Oh, potato line. Yeah. I'm potato. Again, so I, I can have an accurate guitarist comparison. name is fucking Ben Potato. Uh, no, I, I well, I took my potatoes down to be mashed. <laughs> oh, oh, God, with no context. That's incredible. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, no. Uh, now I want to do that one for sure. Okay. Well, that's good. That's what, that'll be a fun more of a reaction than the Foxtrot one. Well, after uh, a serious big old album and after a pretty, uh, you know, iconic song, we're going to go back to the basement tapes here uh, with Million Dollar Bash. So this is our first basement tape in a while. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do um, we're going to be talking about potatoes next week. Hell yeah. Yeah. Finally. I didn't really want to <laughs> do the waiting. I didn't want to do the Foxtrot one. All the people at home know if you know, you know, I don't want to do it. So I'm glad you thought of potatoes. We'll bring the potatoes to the party. Oh, you'll probably be drinking yes. vodka. We'll drink vodka. Boom. Potato no, party. No. Oh, you no, can't have no. vodka. I can't have anything. Oh, man. I can't have anything. No joy. Wow. <laughs> well, I'll be drinking enough potatoes for all of us. Kelly, I'll see you next week. I'll see you next time for Million Dollar Bash. Bye. Okay. Bye. Happy Sorry. birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Midwest. I got very oh, oh, But I got so far to go. That keep me so worried in mind. I the only one thing that keep me so worried in mind. I've got to go leave the woman I love behind. Really big thought. Oh my god! Fuck! Everything's falling apart. Daniel. Just dropped. I just, I just f- fucking threw my headphones. God damn it! They just smashed on the ground and flew out of their case. God oh really? Shit! <laughs> fucking ridiculous. I just overreacted. It moved slightly and then I just like fucking spiked it onto the ground. Just fucking swatted the shit out of it. <laughs> I think one of them went under my fucking bed. Okay, so text search. Let me just. Go to text search and one more fucking time.